welcome to another episode of Two Guys in a Chainsaw. I'm Craig. I'm Todd. 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 Gosh, yeah. <laughs> I, I love hearing my name in a movie. I don't hear it often enough. Unfortunately, whenever I do hear my name in a movie, it always ends up being this dorky, lame-ass way. <laughs> no, no. Todd is awesome in this movie. Dude, I don't... Bruce Willis never gets cast as a guy named Todd. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's always people like this. <laughs> I know. I know. That's why I like watching uh, Friday. Craig, you know I love your mama. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Dude. All right. Well... <laughs> it's Thanksgiving time. Happy Thanksgiving, uh, everybody. So it's time to watch a movie about Thanksgiving. We we managed to find one. <laughs> we did. You know, it's it's tricky. We're big dorks and we love doing these themed episodes. <laughs> uh, but you just don't find a whole lot of good Thanksgiving horror movies. <laughs> no, you don't. Um, <laughs> and, and, and we didn't this week either. <laughs> no, this is no exception. <laughs> <laughs> but we did find a Thanksgiving movie. We sure did. We found uh, 1987's Blood Rage, um, directed by John Grismer, written by Bruce Rubin. Pretty much the only thing these guys have written or directed. <laughs> oh, I know. Each of them has like one or two other credits. Um, yeah, so this is the touching tale of two <laughs> young boys. <laughs> Oh, okay. All right, so the movie opens up in 1974 in Jacksonville, Florida, at a drive-in that is showing the town that cried murder. <laughs> and, uh, it's, you know, it's typical 70s drive-in stuff. Well, it is, except for the fact that everybody at this point is wearing complete 1980s garb and gear and hairstyles and everything. But, but do that. That is absolutely true. <laughs> and you youngins out there may have never experienced a drive-in. In this small rural community that I live in, we used to have one uh, just a half an hour away. And my friends and I in college would drive down there on the weekends and and it, it really was fun you know it was fun to just hang out in your car and like there was a concession stand and we would buy cheap pizza and do things you wouldn't really even watch the movie most of the time <laughs> no not really you just hang out and um whoever wasn't driving of course maybe have a little bit to drink or whatever it was fun yeah. So this is, you know, very typical driving stuff. Um, we follow some good-looking guy walking around through the <laughs> concession stand, and he walks into the <laughs> he walks into the bathroom where I was sure this guy and like I don't think it was a trench coat, but it may as well have been. Um, like comes up to him, is like, "Hey, hey!" And he opens up his coat, and instead of having like drugs or something, he's just got. <laughs> Condoms. rows of condoms hanging down <laughs> in his coat like he's selling condoms on the black market That's like <laughs> so sweet <laughs> oh god and and that 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 guy it was ted Raimi. i know, you know that <laughs> I, did. I saw him and i was like gosh this guy is super familiar who is this man who is he and yeah ted Raimi, of course i guess it was his first screen appearance too he was it 19 was. 
even though this movie was released later, it was shot in 1983, well, it was finished in 1983, but it wasn't released until 1987. Right, right. And I, I have no idea, I read that too, I have no idea what the delay was, but yeah, it was yeah. years before it actually came out. Gee, I, I wonder. <laughs> yeah, we'll I don't know. I mean, <laughs> there had to have been demand. Oh, gosh, I don't know. But anyway, so uh, he buys some condoms, and then we just see, you know, there some girls smoking some weed, and people making out, and we cut to this car where there's this couple making out, and I'm like, surely these people are not supposed to be teenagers, Mm because the woman looked like she was in her 40s. I'm like, this is odd. But it turns out they're not supposed to be teenagers, because she... It, the girl is Maddie, and she is a mother, and she has two twin boys who are in the back of the car. And this guy's trying to, like, you know, put the moves on her, and she's like, oh, no, but the boys. And uh, he says, well, they've been asleep for a half hour. And she's like, okay. So they start making out, and the two boys, who turn out to be identical twins, wake up. And this movie is just so full of great lines. Like, (laughs) they wake up and they look up at the front, and one of the boys is like, Mom's at it again. (laughs) 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 Oh my God, it killed me. Yeah. Uh, So they sneak out to get away from their makeout mama, and um, (laughs) they. They're walking around, and one of them randomly finds, like, this axe in the back of a pickup truck. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they're walking around, and they come up to the car with the good-looking guy who we saw before, who is fully naked, (laughs) (laughs) having sex with a girl in the backseat who is also fully naked. Now, my drive-in experiences are very limited, um, (laughs) but... I would have thought that if you were going to get freaky at the drive-in, you might be a little bit more discreet than taking off all of your clothes <laughs> and then laying across the back seat with the windows down. Yeah. <laughs> but apparently not. And so what the boy with the hatchet, who ends up being Terry, it's two boys, Terry and Todd. Um, Terry, like, watches them going at it for a while, and eventually the good-looking guy looks up and is like, hey, get out of here, creep. And so Terry takes his hatchet and, like, totally hatchets the guy's face. Like, like <laughs> several times, like, right in the face. In the middle of the drive-in. In the middle of the drive-in. And the the girl jumps out of the car fully naked and <laughs> runs <laughs> This like, this movie is not shy about nudity one way or another, but it also no. seems to present a world where nobody else is. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's fine. It, nobody and nobody even notices her running like through the field like buck naked. Um, but anyway, so uh, the mom realizes that the boys are gone, so they go looking for them, and we see that Terry. Todd apparently is, uh, you know, totally traumatized by what he's just seen his brother do. So he's completely in shock, not speaking, not moving. And Terry wipes the blood all over Todd's face and hands him the hatchet. And so when everybody comes running, um, Terry says, Todd did it, Todd did it, Todd did it. And apparently they believe him because then we cut to 10 years later 
And Todd is in a mental institution and has been for the past 10 years. And now his mother is visiting him. Yeah. And, and like this whole first sequence of this movie, I was, I was pretty joyful. I thought, okay, this is going to be a movie I'm going to get into. Not because it's a great movie, but because it's going to be bad in all of the right ways. And yeah. after this point, I was getting this distinct Intruder vibe. You remember Intruder, the one that took place in the supermarket? Yeah. Something about this movie, something at the root of it really felt like intruder i don't know if it was the quality of the acting the absurdity of the plot the horrible one line you know the horrible lines and the melodrama of it all and then the extreme gore you know mixed Mm -hmm. in and maybe and it was shot around the same time too within a couple years of each other i was i was searching in imdb to see if there was any connection between between this movie and the makers of intruder and the only one i could find was dead raimi ted raimi yeah Yeah, who was shooting evil dead at the time this came out i think and then intruder came out in 89 so it was even a few years afterwards so i don't know in my head there's just this like click of people around this time who were just all in everybody else's movies and everybody was just making horror movies and having a good time but this was shot like in jacksonville florida and i don't think that I don't think that the Raimis were doing their thing and the intruder thing was happening on that side of the US if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you're you're probably right, but you but you're definitely right. It 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 feels very much like that movie. And you know, initially I guess the working title was Slasher and that's very much appropriate because that's what the movie ends up being. It's very much a slasher movie. Yeah. It's one of these movies that changed titles like two or three different times. And apparently, it, it you know, again, it was released much later. It had a very limited theatrical release. It was called like Nightmare at Shadow Woods, which is the name of the apartment complex this all ends up happening in. But yeah, you, you can kind of tell. I think Intruder was the same way, wasn't it? Didn't it have another title as well before it was released? Uh, yeah, I think released, so. Released years know. after it was made kind of thing. Uh, and, and the other aspect of it I wanted to say was uh, the way that it's shot. And I think that the scene that you just d- finished describing is perfectly emblematic of what's so funny and incompetent about this movie is that it's so stagey Mm -hmm. they set up these scenes in front of a static camera that just that look like they're set up for the camera and they're lit for the camera all the lighting in this movie is totally flat Uh, you can see like shadows on the wall and across people and stuff where the these bright you know movie lights are coming at them none of it seems none of the lighting in this movie seems motivated whatsoever it's 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 lit like a comedy like a sitcom or something and then you know, there's very little in the way of, of clever camera work, which was something the Intruder had, actually, quite a bit of clever camera work. Yeah. This has none of it. And then the acting and the staginess of it, you know, this this kid smears this, fa- this blood on his brother's face and puts his at- hatchet in his hand. In the meantime, people are already walking towards them from these other cars. I uh-huh. mean, people are seeing this go on. And the mother comes running over, and everyone just stands around and stares, and nobody really does anything. Um, and they're all just waiting for her to finish her line, and everybody Everybody looks melodramatically at the other kid. You know, everybody just kind of stands yeah. around. It's it's and this movie is full of this, which is just laugh out loud funny at times. Yeah, and and you know, Terry is like covered in blood, and meanwhile he's wiped a little bit of blood on his brother's face. <laughs> and, like he did it <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, it's a poorly framed scene of a poor framing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, there. I, I guess I'm gonna try to be a little bit generous in some ways because I, I will. If we haven't gotten there yet, we will. But some of the gore effects, and not even so much in the kills, but the aftermath of the kills, I like. I could oh, tell yeah. they were trying. Like were, the gore effects were good. There was a good effort there, but <laughs> oh man. 
the the writing it it really you know straddles that line of so bad it's good like like you said literally i laughed out loud several times and i i kept writing down lines because there are so many good ones (laughs) anyway so the mom visits Todd in the mental institution and it's so silly it's just exposition really and in fact I've read that in some cuts of this movie they cut this scene out entirely yeah for good reason (laughs) right I mean she shows up and the doctor there I don't know what her name is Dr. Berman (laughs) who I read was they cast somebody as Dr. Berman, but then the lady who they cast just didn't show up, so the producer <laughs> just stepped in and played her. <laughs> and, and it shows. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Mike, well, well, it's not like she's, you know, subpar in comparison to everybody else. Well, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> and they handle it all in voiceover. It ends up being super melodramatic. Dr. Berman's patient consultation notes... November 22nd, 1984. Saw Maddie Simmons, Todd's mother, for the first time today. I don't think she was quite prepared for what I told her, that after 10 years, Todd was starting to remember what had happened in the drive-in that night. Facing the fact that Todd's memory of the incident cast suspicion on his twin brother, Terry, was not that easy for her. On Terry? What, are you crazy? Her position on another issue was also somewhat negative. My past work with hysterical patients helped me calm her down. And it's Thanksgiving. We've been told it's Thanksgiving. So mom is bringing him a piece of pie or something, uh-huh. a cake, yeah, yeah. which later on she says she used she does every year. Except, right. Except it, we're hearing at this scene that she hasn't been there and she hasn't seen him like since she put him in the institution or something. Exactly. So, <laughs> it doesn't make sense, but it's so funny because he comes in and he's staring at her and the voiceover says he's catatonic, but he starts talking to her and then they start talking to each other and they have this argument and he opens up the cake and he picks it up and he just starts smashing it in his hand. and With his hands. I mean, you know that this probably looked great on paper, but it looked, it is so poorly executed on screen that by the right. end of this scene, he's on his knees and front of her life. I considered the setback relatively minor because Todd remained focused on establishing his innocence and getting on with a normal life. Get me out of here. I never killed anybody. I must now begin the long process of preparing him for the dangers of the world from which he has been sheltered. Oh my gosh, it's so melodramatic and hilarious. It, it is. And, but what the, what the doctor explains to us is that he's been basically catatonic since the events of that fateful night. But now that she's working it with him, she's had a breakthrough. And he's talking and he's remembering what happened. And according to him, he now remembers that he didn't kill anybody. It was actually Terry. But... The mom doesn't want to hear that, uh, and and so she leaves. And then we get to see what's going on in Terry's world. And t- Todd and Terry, by the way, are played by the same guy, Mark Soper. <laughs> I kept waiting. I'm like, when are we going to get them both on screen yeah. at the same time? How are they going to handle that? <laughs> right, and it doesn't happen until the very end, and then it's some really funny bad wig work. like. <laughs> 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 Where the wigs don't even look like the no. hair. <laughs> They're like one of them's like gray. It's so bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it you know, it when they when they shot it, obviously like they had to shoot it so one person had 
their back completely to the camera so that you could just see the other guy over their shoulder. <laughs> and then they would switch perspectives and wigs. <laughs> uh, it's hilarious. But anyway... Whereas Todd is kind of pale and disheveled, Terry is, you know, an all-American guy with this great wavy hair. And, of course, they're all wearing their 80s garb with, you know, like the super shorty shorts. And he's this athletic guy, and he's got this group of friends, and, you know, everything's very idyllic. And they're playing football and blah, blah, blah. And uh, it's Thanksgiving, well, which makes sense because, you know, you play football outside on Thanksgiving, I guess. <laughs> and it's also clunky. Like, they they introduce characters in such a clunky way. Like, we meet these apparently new neighbors in the complex just happen to come running by, and they're like, oh, hi, we're your new neighbors. And one of them is Andrea, who immediately starts flirting with Terry, even though Terry already has a girlfriend. Right and there. She's right there, and... <laughs> He's flirting back with Andrea too, and his girlfriend's just standing there looking at him like, ah! like <laughs> <laughs> and they're all playing. They're all playing touch football, which is also quite cute. Like this un- very unlikely group of people to be playing football. We get Thanksgiving dinner where we find out that Mom is going to be marrying her fiance Brad, who also <laughs> happens to be the manager of the apartment complex that they work in. Yeah, but what's what was so funny to me in this part was. The music in the background yes. was so dramatic. Yeah. Like, congratulations! I'm happy for you both. I really am. Thanks. <laughs> I guess the toast is in order. Uh, oh, a toast! Here's to the new family. <laughs> like you just expected at any second for somebody to just pick up a knife and stab somebody in the face. That's <laughs> true. The movie tells us, you know, what's going on by extremely dramatic musical cues and close-ups on overacting faces. Terry's just mugging for the camera in this. Yeah, but I mean, in this scene where it's just this dinner and they're playing this super dramatic something scary is going to happen music, nothing scary happens. No, like it's just. No. I guess we're just supposed to be like, oh, there's Terry. We know he's bad. Something could happen. (laughs) But nothing will. No. Terry's not happy about Mom marrying this guy, apparently, though. And we're really not, I'm really not sure why Terry's unhappy with anything and any of his friends that he subsequently goes on a murderous rampage against, except for the fact that I guess Terry's just crazy and this whole incident makes him snap or whatever. I guess. It's kind of unclear how a guy would get through 10 years of life after this successfully framing his brother, lead this absolutely normal life and get all this great group of friends and then one night decide that, eh, he doesn't want them anymore and it'd be better off if they're just dead. He takes care of it. Yeah. (laughs) Because that's kind of what happens. The mom gets a phone call that says that Todd has escaped. Now, and and so she tells Terry, and she's like, okay, but don't tell anybody because I don't want to ruin Thanksgiving. So <laughs> then they go back and sit down, and Terry's like, oh, I guess you're going to get to meet the rest of the family because my lunatic brother just escaped the mental institution. Dun, dun, dun! <laughs> and, and then <laughs> an, ex- <laughs> an extremely long, like, two-minute shot of her just staring at him. 
<laughs> it was, and it was so uncomfortably long that you're thinking this is one of those cases where the director just forgot to yell cut, and they just decided to use the whole take. Because <laughs> at one point toward the end of it, it's like they don't even really know what to do anymore. And the mother in this, Maddie, is actually um, Louise Lasser, who is a very um, accomplished actress, even by this point. Yes. Um, she was in a lot of Woody Allen's earlier films. She's actually mostly in comedy, uh, did a ton of TV work and stuff like that. And... Um, Ah, it's un- it's 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 crazy. You know, this is a case of where I would like to say she was the best actress in the movie, except the material that she was given was so ridiculous that there was no way she could make it good. And so her performance actually ends up coming across as super ridiculous. It does. I mean, she was in Requiem for a Dream. Like oh. she has done some really really good stuff. Uh, but in the movie she just kind of comes off as a lunatic too. Like yeah. <laughs> she she's so neurotic and and it's weird, like, I couldn't tell, and especially by the end, her attachment to Terry is a little yeah. much. Like, what? Oh, Terry. I love you so much. Oh, that's really nice. <laughs> like, it, it's, and and she knows, like, the doctor told her that Todd said Terry did it, and and she just totally rejects that. Like, she just totally, I, I guess since Terry was the one that she ended up raising, because the other one was in the mental institution, like, she just clings to him and just refuses to even consider that he could be bad, even though he's clearly a nut job, too. I guess, yeah. I mean, they they just play her for the neurotic, um, un- unhinged mother all the way through this movie. Yeah, yeah. But I guess basically what the point is at this point is now that Terry knows that Todd is there and the doctor told the mom, he'll probably come to you, he'll probably come home. Terry, I guess, in his mind decides, well, since Todd's coming home, I have to kill everybody to make it look like he did it? <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, that was the problem with the, that's kind of the problem with the motivation and and really the, you know a big problem with the whole script is that it's just I think the only way we're supposed to understand it is just that Terry is is what you just described. I can't think of any other way to interpret it, which is so dumb. You know, are, are we supposed to believe that he was looking for an opportunity to off all of his friends and this is it? As the movie went on and more and more people got picked off, I was just getting more and more confused because I was earlier on looking for motivation. I thought, okay, well, her, her the mother's husband's going to get it because she, he's so attached to his mother and he clearly doesn't like that she's getting remarried. But then as he starts going after all of his other friends, who are, all seem very quite very friendly and happy-go-lucky and, and fine with him, I realized, yeah, I guess there's really no mo- no real motivation. Nothing besides plot-driven, we've got to kill a whole bunch of people in this movie. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of weird. I mean, we after we find out that Todd's escaped, we see him wandering the streets, and then the doctor shows up at their house, but, like, <laughs> she shows up with this guy. Like, there's a knock at the door, and then we see who's on the other side of the door, and it's a guy with a gun, like... Yes hiding like around <laughs> like he knocks on the door and then he does the whole cop thing where he like you know stands to off to the side of it with the gun and then so Terry opens the door 
and the guy points the gun at him and point blank range yeah i don't even know what the point was but then the doctor steps up and she's like no no that's terry that's his brother and the guy's like oh they look so much alike and the doctor's like don't worry it's just a tranquilizer gun and then the mom shows up and she's like dr berman or whatever and then she (laughs) she she like screams what's that gun like <laughs> oh, the delivery was so funny, I almost oh. peed my pants. Dr. Berman, did you find him? No, I haven't even looked yet. What's that gun? It's okay, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, man. Oh, and there's so much of that throughout. Like, just the ridiculous lines and ridiculous delivery. It's so funny. Oh, but it turns out that the guy with the gun is with her, and they're there to sh- look for Todd, and 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 then Terry starts killing people but this also confused me because since the boys are both dressed or, or no they're not dressed the same they're dressed differently but they pretty much you know they're played by the same guys so they look the same at first i thought Todd showed up and started killing people mm yeah and i yeah. had that in my notes for like for two or three lines i'm like okay uh todd shows up behind brad in his office and and cuts off his hand with a machete (laughs) 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 but it's not it's Mm. terry and then people are out looking for todd and jackie was the guy with the gun who came with the doctor and he (laughs) he sings (sighs) (laughs) this is where i started to roll my eyes because i just keep thinking of that george carlin uh, routine about guys named todd and i don't mean to make this personal but it's so silly they're walking around the woods going todd todd are you there todd (laughs) todd Oh my god. And then then this other guy, Jackie's doing it too. Todd, Todd, hey Todd, we can smoke some weed, Todd. I got some weed here, Todd. And then he just decides to sit down in the backyard of some random guy and light up a, a joint. Yeah, but not before he sings the theme song to Flashdance, except he changes the words. <laughs> He's a lunatic. Lunatic. <laughs> which, which, what do you think about, is also a bit of an unnecessary uh, word change, too. <laughs> oh, they, they, they were probably trying not to pay the rights, would be my guess. I don't know. I guess, yeah. Oh. But, but then Terry kills him. He, he's got this machete. <laughs> he just keeps killing people with it. <laughs> he just He stabs him straight in the guts. And like you said, um, the gore effects are fun. I, I would say they're fun. They're not real because there's way too much blood squirting everywhere, um, but they're fun. They're, they're actually pretty typical of this kind of low-budget 80s horror, although they linger on it quite a bit. And I guess, yeah. I guess we've watched the uncut version, and I guess when this was released, a lot of the gore was cut out. I, I, heard, I read that it was actually showed on cable a little bit, but yeah. obviously so much of this would have been cut, even for cable. And I, I kind of liked that part of it, or these, these ridiculous gore effects. And also, I really like that premise in a movie like this, where if you cut off someone's limbs, they keep twitching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, the, the, this guy was holding a beer in his hand when Todd came up from behind him, Brad, and, and sliced his hand off. And Brad just stands there holding a stump of his arm, just looking at it, screaming, ah, ah, 
ah, you know, it lingers on there for like 10 seconds. And then we see a close-up of the hand on, uh, clutching the beer on the floor, and it's just like squeezing it, squeezing it, squeezing it. And uh, later on, when uh, after he after he stabs Jackie, um, the next person to go is the doctor, who, again, is, is inexplicably going extremely slowly, walking through the woods, uh, calling his name. Uh, and he comes up to her, and he ends up... We don't see it happen. We see the aftermath later, where she's vivisected. He's cut her straight across the yep. uh, stomach. And she, again, is like... Her legs are about five feet in one side, and uh, she is laying there, and uh, she's still screaming and flopping around. <laughs> right. And it's and her to- legs like, are still twitching. <laughs> it's, and it's totally obvious that, you know, like she's laying... And and her legs are down underneath the stage yeah. somehow somewhere, um, but again, like they, it's they, fun, it is, and and they clearly made an effort with these practical effects, and they're bloody and they're gory, they don't look real. I, I mean, it looks like effects, but it, mm-hmm. it was fun. And when he slices her in half with the machete, then we get what has to be the best line of the whole movie and not only is it the best line but it then gets repeated two or three times throughout <laughs> and you know exactly what I'm talking about right? I do, I do, absolutely it's not cranberry sauce <laughs> the blood the blood he looks at the blood on the machete it's not cranberry sauce <laughs> oh, I had to pause I had to pause so I could write it down that was oh, so my great God. And we do. We keep hearing it over and over again. But I like that because it continues to anchor this film to Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> I like that they put that effort in because we, we need to be justified in doing this as a Thanksgiving movie. It has to be more than just the dinner. It has to be more than that pumpkin pie she delivered to him at the beginning. Um, and I really appreciated the references to cranberry sauce all the way up to almost the end. It was, good. <laughs> it, it was great. Yeah, it's fu- it's hilarious. I mean, I, I, I think that they had to know that it was funny. I mean, it's hilarious. Well, the other reference to Thanksgiving here too is that um, uh, I think it's almost the next scene after this is that mo- what, what's happening here is while everything else is going on and there's a bunch of ridiculousness. Oh, we're going to this party. Oh, we're going to play some video games. You know, we're bouncing back and forth between all these couples right. and people. Mom's through line of this whole thing is that she can't get a hold of Brad. Mm-hmm. because he was the first to be killed and he said I'm going to be in my office and just call me if you need me and the first time she tries calling him he doesn't answer the phone so she is gradually and slowly more and more flipping out that she can't get a hold of him and so the next scene is of her sitting on the floor in the kitchen with the door of the fridge open staring into the fridge while she has two big pots of Thanksgiving leftovers that she's eating with her hands <laughs> right, with, right, her legs spread full apart with these Yes. Oh, it's so funny. And, you know, unless I was missing something, I felt like there were aspects of the movie that were really pretty inept. And when I say the movie, I mean the shooting. Because after Terry kills Brad and the doctor, then he goes home and he's, like, looking in the mirror and he's got blood all over himself. And then he takes a shower with his pants on. Like, yes. And, and, and... Like, you can just barely see that he's wearing pants, which makes me think that they thought that that wouldn't be in the shot. Mm-hmm. And there are other places like that. Like, there's a scene on a tennis court at one point. The camera pulls back kind of for a long shot. And you, for just a split second before it cuts back to a closer shot, you can see somebody kind of enter the frame. And I think that it was a cameraman. If it mm-hmm. was a, If it was a character... 
I totally missed it. And there are a couple of other places. I don't remember. There's, there was yeah. another place where there's a place in the woods when um, just before someone's about to get killed. Yeah, you can see people walking around in the background. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they didn't notice this, or they had no better takes to use. Uh, I guess. But so him, funny. him taking a shower with his pants on <laughs> gave me a chuckle. <laughs> Oh, man. There's no suspense in this movie. There's just none. And part of it comes from the fact that we know who the killer is. And and like you said, we thought early on that because this is a twin movie, that there would be some duality, some kind of, ooh, is it him? Is it her? Would there be some twist at the end? No, there is no twist. I mean, we are just watching Terry going around killing these people. And then when you find out it's kind of unmotivated, like there's no real rhyme or reason why he's killing any of these people that, that you can discern. Uh, you're just waiting for the next one to happen. And then when it does, it's not like there's a lot of stalking going on. It's not like there's even much of that creeping around, I heard a noise, what is it? And then there's a jump scare. It's just generally somebody's doing something and then Terry's there and he, he kills them. It's disappointing for a horror movie, but it's hilarious. Actually. It is it pretty it funny. And there are times also when I wondered if they were playing it for comedy. Yeah, yeah, sure. There are at least a few moments in this, and I'm sure we'll get to them where a line is said and it's just so funny that you wonder if they aren't poking a little bit of fun at themselves i don't know what do you think i can't tell because some of it like it's not cranberry sauce i mean and and if he had just said it once like that would be one thing but he says it like two or three times throughout (laughs) the course of the movie so they had to know that was funny it's like a running gag yeah right but you can't tell sometimes if it's trying to be funny or if it's just really bad writing because like so terry goes uh to where audrey who he met earlier is babysitting and like she comes on to him but he just wants to watch tv or whatever like i feel like there's supposed to be this subtext of terry thinks sex is bad and that's why he kills people but it's it's downplayed i don't even know why he went over there i don't well she'd invited him earlier at, at dinner uh, or whatever oh that's right that's right but th- but then okay so he is over at her house and then his girlfriend karen <laughs> shows up at his house at terry's house where she runs into todd but she thinks that todd is terry and she's <laughs> like oh you must be high you're always so quiet when you're high and then she goes on this really long monologue that I guess is supposed to explain their relationship to us, the audience. You know, we've both been away at school, and I don't know, we haven't talked to each other. You haven't written me any letters, and I've hardly even seen you since you've gotten back. And I don't know, Terry, I just love you a lot. And, well, I want you to make love to me. You're shocked, huh? <laughs> Well, Terry, come on. I wish you'd say something. I'm not Terry. I'm Todd. Um, Terry's brother? Oh, my God. I mean, um, so you're home for the holidays, huh? You seem nice. I've never kissed a girl before. Oh, yeah? Well, um, you really ought to try it sometime. I gotta go. Bye. Oh, God. Oh, man. So funny. That's that's brilliant. Brilliant stuff. 
and then she she randomly runs into like I guess their friends. I I don't know if we were supposed to remember them from earlier, but there's a couple of guys. There's Greg and Artie, and they pull up in a car. It, 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 it's it. She says, "Oh, I just met the creepy Todd guy," and so. Um, Greg says, oh, I'm going to go check him out. And he pulls a bat and he runs over there, but he doesn't find him. And I don't know. Then we just get all this weird kind of supposed to be teenage drama where they're going to go to a party, but first they're going to go over to somebody's house and they're going to play video games and then they're talking. And in the meantime, mom is drinking wine and vacuuming. Yeah. And cleaning the kitchen. And like, <laughs> yeah. it just keeps cutting back to her. And, and, and like sometimes there's a whole huge, like, I feel like it's split up over a couple of scenes where she's pleading with the operator to connect her to Brad. Like, like, yeah. no, no, there must be some mistake. I know he's there. He's waiting for my call. Please, please, please. Oh like, she's freaking out. So long. Oh, God. It's embarrassing. It goes on for so long. It's, it it's is. And... Todd at some point finds the doctor's body cut in half and like he tries to put it <laughs> back to, together. Tries to put it together. I know. <laughs> so funny. And then as he's walking away from the body, there's just this random girl walking through the woods like, muffles, muffles. She's like looking for her cat. <laughs> and he walks up to her. And I had to, this at this point, um, after I saw the scene, I stopped it and I called my wife into the room. Now, I knew she can't watch this movie because of right. all the gore and, and that would bother her. But I said, honey, you have to see the next five minutes of this film <laughs> so you can just get an idea of what I'm sitting through and how hilariously bad this is. Hi. I've lost my cat. Have you seen it? No. But do you know what? What? Cats have a way of finding their own way home. And I think that you should go home too. Because there's a bad person out here tonight, okay? Okay. So go home and lock your door and don't let anybody in, not anybody, no matter what they say. Okay. You're asking yourself at this point, why is this even in the movie? And this, we find out later, has a payoff later. Oh, and- it's such a great setup. Like, we, mm-hmm. we may as well go ahead and say it. it's such a, because later on, Terry is chasing Karen around and she's going door to door trying to uh, let, get people to let her in. And she ends up knocking on this little girl's door and she, the little girl's like, the man told me not to let anybody in. And she's like, no, please, please. And she, the little girl goes, you're going to hurt my kitty. While I was sitting around last night watching TV with my partner, I just kept saying those things. I just kept saying. And then he started saying it too. Like he would just turn to me and be like, it's not cranberry sauce. And I'd be like, you're going to hurt my kitty. <laughs> You can't see that light. Oh no! <laughs> oh, but I, I, I swear that's gonna stick with me. It's not cranberry sauce is gonna stick with me. I, oh, I just dude. know it. That's that's gonna come back every Thanksgiving. And then, in another case of a scene that should have totally been cut out, but you know they just needed to up the body count, so they had to include it. We get this couple. This is the couple that um, Andrea was babysitting for. And we get back to them. So they have returned home. And it's this supremely dolled up uh, 1980s style, you know, brunette woman. And this guy who, (laughs) again, my wife was watching this part with me as well because she had to see their interaction as they sat down on the sofa. And she said, is he Mr. Rogers? (laughs) (laughs) 
Because <laughs> he's totally giving off this, oh, it's this some um, kind of amateur acting performance where he is fumbling around and acting like he's really, really nervous to be on this date with this woman. And is she going to put the moves on him? In the meantime, she's totally trying to put the moves on him. And we get this close-up of her face and the expressions on her face just can't be conveyed through audio. I, no. I don't know what to say. It's just hilarious. Uh, she's eyes are wide open and she's smiling at him and overreacting to words he says. And finally she crawls up on him and tries to give him a kiss. And he brings his hands to his mouth like, uh, uh, uh. And she walks off and says, I'm going to go slip into something a little more comfortable. And when she walks into the bedroom, she starts to dress and we hear a baby cry. And she walks over to this baby and I was like, are you freaking kidding me? We're going to get a baby in this movie? And sure enough... <laughs> There's a baby crying, and she leans in and says, Mama's gonna get you a rich daddy. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> that freaking baby. Oh god, it's so silly. Even, even the baby has a payoff later, too. Yeah. Oh. Oh gosh. So Terry kills them. Like, he somehow gets inside. I don't know. Like, apparently, he, he has door. like a master key to this whole complex or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> no, you're right. He does knock on the door, and the guy answers it. But then it's all quiet, and the lady can't find the guy. And then there's another knock at the door, and she looks out the peephole, and she's like, what are you doing out there? And she opens it up, and it's just the guy's head hanging like from a rope <laughs> at eye level. It, it's funny, but it, it was kind of cool. I, I have to give yeah. them you know, props for at least trying to be a little bit innovative. You know, it's a guy walking around killing people with a machete, but when you see the aftermath, it's usually pretty gross, and they usually try to do something visually interesting. Yeah. It, in that way, it was very much like Intruder, I think. I yeah. Thought. At some point, Greg and Andrea go off and, like, first they're playing video games and they're playing tennis and there's like all the all the while like terry is always just menacing like he's always just there like watching people and then eventually greg and andrea end up at the swimming pool where they full-on naked at this public swimming pool are doing it on the diving board and you were right the the movie does not shy away from nudity there's not the only thing that there's not is male full frontal everything else you get yeah for a moment i was like did this slip into porno territory it looks porny Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's it's also hilarious by this point that absolutely nobody cares that todd is stalking around outside anymore like they're walking around they're playing tennis outside they're walking through the woods having conversations they're leaving the the doors wide open while they're playing video games i mean at this point the movie even forgets that there's supposed to be some killer that everybody's supposed to be worried about right yeah and that's super silly Getting back to the nudity because that's my favorite. One, one of my one of my favorite parts was at some point Andrea takes a shower and like yeah. it's just so funny and so gratuitous because she's got one of those you know like detachable shower heads and really she's just bathing. But in a movie like this where they're just showing her from the knees up totally nude and she's like washing her vagina like. <laughs> <laughs> Well, she's rubbing herself everywhere. 
except for the place she should be washing, which is her face, because presume <laughs> because just before this, they played this dumb joke on the yeah. other couple where she had put on this elaborate makeup to make it look like she was dead. And when the other couple came into the room, was it Artie or I can't remember which guy it was, sprung out with a hatchet, you know, pretending like he was the killer. And so yeah. the whole idea of her showering is that she's supposed to be washing this makeup and stuff off her face, except her hair is dry and her face is dry. <laughs> the only thing she's showering is from the shoulders down and she's spending a lot of time on it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. But, you yeah. know... Thumbs up for horror movie nudity. That I'm I'm down. Yeah, me too. Uh, okay, so then it turns into okay. So like the last the last twenty minutes and real the movie is only an hour and twenty minutes long. And seriously, after an hour, uh, I was like, oh my god, there is still twenty minutes left of this movie. Like it, uh, it feels like two hours. It for sure. Yeah, it does. And and the last twenty minutes is the classic thing where you've got the final girl running around being pursued by the killer and finding all the bodies like yeah you see it over and over again friday the 13th we've seen a million movies where you know in the last act the final girl who's been kind of oblivious to everything that's going on runs around and finds all the bodies she, she's go in this huge housing complex she happens to be visiting all the houses where he's killed someone too right that's also very convenient yeah right and Terry, like, Terry's chasing her, but I don't even know why, because he, <laughs> not only does he find her, but, like, he could easily approach and kill her, but instead he just kind of, like, just keeps following her. Like, it, yeah. okay, so he chases her into uh, the apartment where there was the smarmy couple with the baby, and of course she takes oh the baby, and then she's, <laughs> like, for the rest of the movie, she's running around with this baby. Until he chases her, and she ends up in the pool. So she she runs into the pool, oh, how convenient, and sits down at the edge of the pool with her back to the door, and just chills for a while with the baby. Right. In the meantime, he comes in uh, behind her, and apparently she doesn't notice, and starts bouncing up and down on the diving board. <laughs> and she turns around, and instead of like fear and shock it's almost like an oh brother give me a break as she <laughs> looks at him and runs off well and she turns around and he's just jumping up and down on the diving board and he goes hi like <laughs> <laughs> exactly and she's just like okay and she runs off again and that was the point in which i was like oh god this is it is it is this supposed to be funny or am I supposed to be taking this somewhat seriously cuz there's again there's no tension there's no suspense yeah. and she runs with the baby into the locker room and the first thing she does is open up a cabinet under a sink and toss the baby in while she runs <laughs> and tries to find a place to hide. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And, and then she just she hides in the bathroom stall and Terry comes in. And like this is where this is where the pool sex couple, their bodies are. And like he knocks on the door where their bodies are. And he's like, you guys still in there? And then like he opens it and looks in and closes it and like smiles and shakes his head and's like, you crazy kids. You'll just do it anywhere. <laughs> and then he goes and pees in the urinal right next to where she is, but he doesn't look in there. And at this point, like I'm not like I'm wondering because I don't care, but I I kind of wondered like does he know she's in there and he's just mm. toying with her or does he really not? Ultimately, it doesn't really matter. No. I was wondering why the baby wasn't crying. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's, it was dark and tight in that little space, so I'm sure it was very comfortable. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the mom is kind of 
kind of sort of putting things together like she finds um terry's bloody shirt that he had taken off earlier she finds it in the bottom of the trash and then she finally you know she's been trying and trying and trying like the whole movie to call brad he's like a hundred yards away like (laughs) he just works in the office of the apartment complex that she lives in like why wouldn't she just run down there yeah But eventually she does, and she finds him, and he's dead, and, like, his head is completely split open, and she grabs his gun and very dramatically says, I'm going to make everything all right. Well, are (laughs) you? I I don't know how you, you like, tape his head back together. Okay. I, I don't know. Um... But, oh, they, but it all culminates in this scene at the pool where Todd finally shows up and Karen gets behind Todd. The baby's still in the bathroom. <laughs> so. <laughs> so she gets behind Todd and Todd points the gun at Terry and Terry says, oh, are you going to try to shoot me again? Because I feel like earlier he had tried and failed or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but Todd can't do it. So Karen grabs the gun and says she's going to kill him. Does she pull the trigger and nothing happens? Is that yeah, what Yeah, it's like click, 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 yeah. Gotcha. That's okay. exactly what it is. So then we get the great scene where finally the two brothers come together and they're fighting. And again, it's, you know, they can only show one of their faces at a time. So it's really poorly staged and unconvincing fight, which again, reminded me of intruders. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Terrible fist fighting. And it's, and it's very brief, but they end up in the pool of course. And Terry is all Terry's all cocky and like, you know, laughing and um basically he drowns Todd or so we think and then Terry climbs up out of the other side of the pool, which doesn't really make any sense like he swam no. across the pool and climbed out the other side. And Karen is trying to help Todd and I guess eventually she gets a hold of him and starts to pull him out and then the mother walks in to the frame very slowly (laughs) very slowly Terry Mm -hmm. sees her and is like mom and she raises the gun and she shoots him and she shoots him in the gut first and it's all very dramatic and he's reacting and then she shoots him in the head Uh, and it's, it's a pretty good you know blood splatters it's pretty good effect yeah um and then eventually he goes into the pool and he's dead yep and then at this point um the mother turns and looks down at todd i thought it was hilarious because the karen is kind of watching this and she just kind of slowly slinks away like um i guess i better get out of here <laughs> <laughs> well well she runs she runs off real quick to get the baby well it's not real quick it's like oh, okay she goes off to get the baby right but then she comes back mm-hmm. and then and but she leaves long enough for mom and todd to have a little scene uh where mom lays bends down next to him is like and this again like you said it almost like she's a little too attached <laughs> this was <laughs> because weird it made me uncomfortable yeah this whole dramatic thing it's like she's talking to her boyfriend and it looks like she's gonna make out with him it's okay you're safe Oh, I love you so much. I love you so much. I hurt you so much. I'm never gonna hurt you again. No one's ever gonna hurt you again. It's us again. It's us again. It's just us again. No one's ever gonna separate us again. 
You're my whole life. I don't want to live without you. You're my world. It's safe here. I don't want to be with anybody else. We don't need anybody else. We just need to be with each other, that's all. Oh, God, you're such a good boy. You're such a good boy. You're the bestest. You're the bestest of the best. So clearly she still, she thinks that still that Todd was the murderer and that she killed Todd. He ends up gripping her by the the scruff of her neck. And I thought he was going to like kill her, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. except it would have been way out of his character to do so. And he says, I'm Todd. I'm Todd. I'm Todd. And he stands up and he starts walking toward the wall. I'm Todd. I'm Todd. And then it's this close-up of him and he's just, his his forehead is on the wall. I'm Todd. And I guess it's supposed to be echoing around inside the pool. And then it pans out and she's saying it too. I'm Todd. I was like, what in the hell is this? In the meantime, this is when Karen there with the baby also looks at what's going on and decides to sneak out the bed. It was so, that was so funny to me. Like, uh, I'm just going to go. <laughs> I'm just going to take, little... take this baby and get out of here. <laughs> By this point, things were getting a little too weird even for her. Yeah. Uh, I can just I can just imagine the sequel where it's like 20 years later and Karen has raised this baby. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's named it Todd naturally. <laughs> right. Uh, and and so so Todd is like I don't feel like he's literally beating his head against the wall but he may as well be like he's just standing yeah. there against the wall, you know, I'm Todd, I'm Todd. After all of that, like it's so weird and then and I saw this coming a mile away. She yeah picks up the gun and she shoots herself in the head and so then it's just Todd there with all these dead people around and you hear (laughs) the sirens coming yeah and like he kind of gets this worried look on his face and I feel like it either fades to black or freeze frames I think it freeze frames on his face it's not classy enough to fade to black yeah and uh (laughs) and then that's it and so then I'm sitting there thinking like geez poor Todd is gonna take (laughs) the fall for all of this I know. And, and and that's it's not how I expected it to end. I thought from the first half hour that I had it nailed. I thought that Todd is going to come in and he's going to be the hero and he's going to kill Terry and yeah. then he will just assume Terry's identity so that he can go on with his life and you know Terry will get his comeuppance and then everything will be okay. Nope. That would have been clever. Nope. Everybody's just screwed (laughs) happy thanksgiving (laughs) it's not cranberry sauce (laughs) but the baby lives so there's hope for the future yeah thank goodness oh man i just i even though i wanted it to be over an hour into it i really did enjoy watching this movie 
again, not because it was great, but because it was so much fun to laugh at. And we've we've seen so many bad movies lately that are just bad, bad, mm-hmm. and they're torture, that I was really happy to find one of those so bad, in my opinion anyway, so bad it was good kind of movies uh, in every way. I liked it even better. I, I keep drawing those parallels, but I liked it even better than Intruder. I thought it was more entertainingly inept. The only reason that I liked it was because I knew that it would be fun to talk to you about. <laughs> Otherwise, and, and you know, uh, I'll be honest, like, I wasn't in a good state of mind to watch it. I actually started watching it at work because I was, I knew that I wasn't going to have a lot of time uh, in the evening. Mm. And, and so I started the very end of the day when I was done with everything I had to do. I started watching it at work and then I came home and I watched the last part of it. I didn't set myself up for a good experience. Yeah, you really um, didn't. That's a shame. Yeah, but uh, it, it was fun to talk about, and it, I do think that it is something that could be fun. And that's the thing. Like, if I had been watching it with you, I think we would have had a good time with it. I think yeah. we would have had fun laughing together about it. Sitting and watching it by myself, I was just kind of like, ugh, come on. Like, <laughs> yeah. Don't watch this movie by yourself. Yeah. No, no. You know, get get somebody else who appreciates you know bad horror movies and if 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 you can do that then i think that you'll you could have a good time with this movie um it, it's it's certainly not the worst we've seen we've seen uh, way worse and it is even though i may not have been in the best state of mind it was laugh out loud funny at sometimes and i i did laugh out loud so um i'm not going to give it I'm not going to criticize too much. And it was quintessential late 70s, early 80s, early, you know, slasher fare. And that was kind of neat about it as well. And I thought actually the music was quite good. At least the theme song was quite good. Uh, I stayed through the end credits just to hear the music because it took me back. I even looked up the composer and I found out now he hasn't really done anything else. So yeah, kudos to that guy. Well, that's it, folks. That's our Thanksgiving episode. Uh, (laughs) It ain't cranberry sauce. (laughs) It ain't cranberry sauce. If you enjoyed this episode, we have all kinds of back episodes. You can find us everywhere. You can anywhere you can find your favorite podcasts. Uh, We're on Facebook. We're on Stitcher. We're on Google Play, iTunes, all over the place. If you have seen this movie and have anything to add to the conversation, we'd love to hear from you. Or even though it's a little bit early, if you know of any good Thanksgiving movies that we should consider in the future um, we're getting pretty hard up at this point so it's a tough holiday for horror it is it is but that being said we hope that you are having a good holiday season surrounded by family and friends and uh, if you've got a long drive uh, we hope that we can keep you company anyway until next time I'm Craig and I'm Todd with two guys in a chainsaw (laughs) 